Thanks, babe. Right. Um, I'm going to start with a little video, so let's go ahead. It's from TikTok. Okay, guys, forgive me for starting a sermon with a TikTok video. <laughs> Is this a little loud, guys? I feel like I'm ringing. Um, might just be me. Um, so I asked Nick whether I should share that because um, actually Joseph, my son, had sent it to him, and Nick had told me about it, and I said, and I said, do you think I could share that? And he said, well, you know, it is from TikTok, so you never really know. <laughs> so I looked at it, and I thought, well, you know, actually, I Googled it and tried to figure out, like, is this real, isn't it? But then you watch that video, and you know, that guy is, you can tell he's speaking from his heart, right? Um, and what I felt was more important than the video itself was the fact that it went viral and 5.5 million people viewed it. Um, and what makes something like that so attractive to people, even if it isn't real or whatever, like all, you know, all the questions, but there's something about that that people wanted to hear and see. And so I just wanted to start that off tonight because you could watch a video, a 10-second video, on how God loves you and how he won't abandon you and all of those things, and it'll be like, oh, cool, yeah, whatever. You know, I hear that all the time. And then you see that, and people are like, oh, creepy. Ooh, what? Do you know what I mean? There's something about it that is, like, different. And, um, and I think that sometimes... When we talk about spiritual gifts, people are a little bit like that as well. They're like, well, you know, does that kind of thing really belong in the, like a conventional church? Isn't it just for the fringe? You know, isn't it just for like people with that personality? <laughs> um, people who like, I don't know, the stuff on the edges. Um, but so many churches are fine without like spiritual gifts. They don't teach these things. They just are great without it, you know, so why would we need them? And so tonight, even though um, I, well, I asked permission and he said no, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> he, um, I, I wanted to say a short thing about spiritual gifts in general before I go into prophecy. <laughs> He's scared I'm going to talk for an hour, so that's why. <laughs> He's like, you won't be able to do it, <laughs> so watch me. <laughs> Uh, 
So, so, so why is it important for us to not just learn about the spiritual gifts, but actually hunger for them? Like um, scripture says, hunger for them. And so a, a couple of points to start off with. Firstly, um, I don't ever want to say that um, only churches who teach and practice, like um, consciously practice the spiritual gifts, they are the only ones where the Holy Spirit actually moves. Because that's not true. The Holy Spirit is everywhere, and he is doing God's work no matter what. Like, did you, you just saw that video, right? There was no mention of the gift of prophecy or anything like that. It wasn't church, anything. Um, God breaks in to people's lives when he needs to, right? And so um, the Holy Spirit, you see him working all over the place, inside church, outside church, in the workplace, in your families. Um, I've heard of miracle stories in the weirdest circumstances, and I just know like that's God. He's not religious. <laughs> and my first reading tonight, I wanted to be, um, it's a little unusual, because you'd probably be like, oh, she's going to preach from Corinthians, whatever, you know. I'm preaching from Genesis chapter 1. Okay. So if you want to go to Genesis chapter 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Okay, I'm going to stop there. That uh, verse where it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, I actually did um, Hebrew at university, and we studied this, we studied Genesis, and that word um, hovering over the waters, I loved um, studying Hebrew because I was at a secular university and my um, teacher was Jewish. And so it, I, it was a completely different way of looking at things, just because he had a different way. Um, and he taught us about this verse, and he talked about the Spirit of God, like um, brooding, hovering. Means It's the sense of um, a chicken, right, Melissa? <laughs> what a chicken does when it sits on its eggs, it broods, right? Um, there's a sense of um, needing to be over something um, to bring life out of it. So there's a, there's a birthing that's about to happen. And so when God created the earth, before it was broken, the Holy Spirit was there brooding over the darkness of the earth. And when Jesus died and rose again to bring healing to the brokenness of the earth, he started the new creation of the new heaven and the new earth. And we 
know from scripture that this is the promise at the very end, that God will bring a new heaven and a new earth. But that started when Jesus rose again. The, this, um, a healing, but also a, the newness of life, not coming out of destroying everything that was broken, but the Holy Spirit hovering over our broken earth. And it's the same, it's the same thing. The Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and then on the 3,000 and further, the Holy Spirit came to brood over us again and to stop bringing life out of the broken earth. And so um, the, the whole purpose of spiritual gifts, it isn't um, so that we can kind of um, do weird things or prove something about our God over your God or whatever. It's not. It's about God wanting to bring life again out of what is dying. And we see him doing it everywhere. But... He is calling us to step into places to call life out. And he has chosen us to do that with him because we're his children. And in Romans it says, all creation groans until the sons of God are revealed. That word groaning, it's also um, translated um, uh, waits and expectation is again the sense of labor pains. Like we are waiting for something to be birthed and it's a groaning and it's sometimes painful, right? And, you know, we can try and save the world through our own good intentions, through our own effort, through our own love but we cannot birth the kingdom of God without the Holy Spirit. He is what brings life, God's life. The kingdom of heaven is God's love in reality. And if we try and bring the kingdom of heaven, God's love, by earthly means, or by our own love, right? Because we feel love in our hearts. We feel compassion. We feel brokenness when we see pain. We can try and make our best effort to make it look like God's love, right? But in the end, our love is only of this realm. It's only of this world. And ultimately, our love is broken just like this world is. And so we can never bring the perfection of God's love into situations. Our love can never have the power of God to break through darkness. We can love and care and show gentleness and kindness, all of those good things. But when it comes to darkness, we are weak. We feel useless. 
And so, again, I want to say God will bring his love anywhere that he needs to. And you can see in that little video, the guy was like, his eyes began to glow. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Hey, I've seen someone look at me like that when they're speaking words from God. It does look a little bit like his eyes are burning, you know? But um, I love that he said the guy didn't remember anything. <laughs> Because it's almost like God took over his body, right? Well, God will do that if he needs to. <laughs> and that guy was on the edge. So God knew he needed to save him. But actually, God loves to use us because we are his children, because uh, we are the inheritors of his kingdom. And he loves us to see him working through us. And that is part of our relationship with him. That's part of our father-child relationship. And so um, I want to encourage you not to think of spiritual gifts as something a little weird or um, the thing that the charismatics do or a, de a denominational thing. Um, God uses everyone and he uses all Christians but he really wants his kingdom to advance. And um, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men take hold of it. And that's quite a kind of a violent verse. But I, I believe what it's saying is that um, God doesn't want us to wait around. <laughs> you know, he wants us to step into what he has available to bring power and love into brokenness, darkness, pain. And so um, this is part of our design. In, as um, new Christians, uh, we are new a new creation, and we are a kind of imbued with God's DNA. And so he puts in us this, um, a deep need to see him working. And you'll find as a Christian, if your life, if your Christian life is about um, going through all the things you're supposed to do, you know, they tell you the list of things when you, you know, quiet time, go to church, don't do anything bad. You know, you know there's some basic things, right? Um, after a while, you'll get really frustrated. And you'll read the scripture and you'll be like, yeah, but like, what does this even mean? Right? And so that was my introduction um, because I wanted you to, when, now that I talk about prophecy, I wanted you to not think about it in this like, oh, okay, we're going into like the fortune telling weird mode thing. Okay, it's not that at all. But I think our culture has given it all kinds of meanings. What happens in Genesis as the Holy Spirit is brooding over the earth, the next thing that happens is God speaks, let there be light, and it happens. There is light, and it is good. It's the power of God's words that brings the life into reality. And so the prophetic gift 
is a similar uh, aspect of God's nature where he has given us the ability to speak. Um, we speak what he's saying, maybe what we're sensing. I'll talk a bit about that later. But we are speaking out of a sense that the Holy Spirit has something to say. And it's not just that we're sharing information. Oh, God says this. Great. We actually, just like God, have been given the choice to speak it out, and in the speaking, there is power. This is the part of it that people are like, mm, that's weird. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, and um, it doesn't make a lot of sense in worldly terms. Um, but I've seen it happening. I've seen how the power of the spoken words that have come from God actually bring life into a person. And you saw it a little in that video. Those just three sentences, that guy's heart was changed. Um, I did do some searching afterwards and he's, he did some more kind of follow-up videos and it talks about how, he talks about how he had been in therapy and there's all kinds of great things that he tells about this, which you can go and look up later. His name is Free Hugs with a PH. <laughs> okay, Free Hugs with a PH on TikTok. Go and watch his videos. But he, um, there are some amazing, there's an amazing story afterwards of how, of how God brings restoration with his family into his life and how he is actually, after that encounter, completely different person. And so the Holy Spirit uses our voices and words, right? He's co-laboring with us. He uses our voices to bring the life into the person that he's brooding over, right? He wants, he's brooding over a person's life, but he allows you to choose to speak. So just some little um, aspects of the prophetic, um, because some of you may have experienced the prophetic gift, um, some of you may not have. Prophecy is personal and specific, but it's not determined. And what I mean by that is, um, you can speak generalizations over anyone, general encouragement. But a prophetic word will be given by God for a specific reason. There is an aspect of that person he wants to call life into. But this is not a magic trick. This is not uh, real magic, okay? You're not speaking something and it happens. This is um, the Lord speaking life, but it is always... Um, the person is always allowed to choose. Am I gonna partner with that or, or am I gonna reject it? There's always a choice and the Lord is gentle and he's kind. It's not telling this is gonna happen, this will happen, because it's what God wants to bring forth in your life if you choose to co-labor with him. So he calls out 
um, two things in general. Design, so how he's made you, right? And um, Psalm 139 says that every day of your life was written in his book before it came to be. And what that means is God has a design and a destiny for you. But he has given you free will to choose. So along your journey with him, he will give you opportunities where he says, I have made you like this. And your heart will come alive. But you can say, oh, no, I don't. I just can't do that. I don't believe it. And you know what? He's patient. He will wait for another opportunity. And it might be next week, and it might be in 10 years' time. And again, he will speak and say, I've made you like this. Or he might say, I have put this calling on your life. I have called you to do this. And the timing might be now and it might be later. He might speak a word over a young woman and say, I have called you to be a mother to many children. Right? We see that in scripture. And then you wait and you're 35 and you're not married yet, and you're, Lord, I don't understand. You gave me this word when I was 20. Do you know what I mean? And those times can be really hard, but God gives scriptural uh, examples of this, that the timing, isn't, the timing is his. The word is sometimes a seed planted. It's small and it goes in and it takes a long time to grow. Other times it's a flood that knocks you right over and you can't, you can't do anything about it. You're like, yes, now. <laughs> Sometimes it can be the opposite of what you believe about yourself. I've seen people come for prayer, and often, you know, in prophetic prayer, we try and encourage it to be people praying for people they don't know, because if you know someone and you know the desires of their heart, you can often be influenced by how you give a word. Even if you have a word, you might say it a little differently, or do you know what I mean? Because you know what they really want. So, but not always, but that can be there. So we do encourage this kind of strangers to pray for strangers, just because it's Uh, A little simpler. Um, And I have seen people come up who the people don't, the prayers don't know them at all. Um, But we know them, right? Shy little, shy little girl. This is one example. Shy. And the word over her life is, you are a roaring lion. (laughs) And I remember thinking, oh no. But then the person praying afterwards said, I just believe the Lord is saying, you might not believe this about yourself, but that's how he's made you, and he's going to bring this out in your life. Um, I heard a story, and I think this is from Adam Narciso, so it's not my personal experience, but it's a great story um, from a friend of ours. A guy (laughs) was given the word that he was going to be an incredible worship leader. And at the end of the prayer, the people said, well, like, does that ring true? And he was like, uh, well, unfortunately, I'm tone deaf. 
<laughs> so they're like, okay, well, we might have got it wrong, but we do think, like, we really think that that was what God was speaking, so maybe you should go home and buy a guitar or something. <laughs> well, that guy went and bought a guitar because he had faith. He had faith, and he was like, wow, maybe God's doing something here. And he started playing the guitar, and apparently it was terrible. <laughs> he really was tone deaf. And then, over a few months, he started to get better. And suddenly, he wasn't tone deaf anymore. And suddenly, he became actually a decent musician. <laughs> and then he became a worship leader. And so, you see, this is the, the thing about the prophetic word, right? It's not saying, well, this is going to happen no matter what. He had to have the faith to say, hey, maybe this is the Lord. I'm going to try this out. And so sometimes in your life, you'll get a word like that. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, first of all, that's not me. Second of all, it scares the heck out of me. I am never doing that thing. <laughs> I've heard of people getting prayer about like being great with children, and they're like, I hate children. <laughs> But you know, the thing is, when God speaks that and then it eventually happens, you know it's God, right? You can't, you can't say it was just you. <laughs> so that's one of the cool things about it. So the prophetic is there to speak God's design and destiny into a person's heart and spirit. And it's often just, it, it is always just a small aspect of what he has put in you. But he chooses the time for that. And it often will need God's wisdom for that to be fulfilled. So there will be times where you are confused. There are times where things work out differently to how you pictured it, right? You are a mother to many children. Oh, I'm going to have a big family. Well, maybe not. Maybe you are going to be in the mission field and take care of orphans. You know, um, that word can mean many things. And so um, it takes the Lord's, being submitted to the Lord's wisdom to follow that into its fruition. So finally, how do I use this gift? First of all, I just want to say um, the prophetic gift should always be accompanied by humility and gentleness and kindness. It's God's power that's doing the work. It's not your power. So you do not have to make that word hit home. If you're trying to do that, then you're mixing yourself in with that. You don't need to. You don't need to speak louder or use like weird words or, you know, make it sound like scripture or anything like that. Just so my this is my kind of personal tip. Right. How do you know if you are, you have a prophetic word for someone before you use any of the spiritual gifts? You can use them with your friends, practice. But what I'm saying is before you step out with spiritual gifts into places where it might be dangerous. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you want to build some confidence first. 
The first way that you do that is you spend time worshiping the Lord on your own in private. And what you're doing there is obviously building intimacy with God. But the next part of that is you're starting to understand how it feels when the Holy Spirit's brooding. Okay, God is always with you, but sometimes Holy Spirit is brooding and there's something he wants to bring life into. And most of all, on your own, in private, that's you. Holy Spirit will brood over you and you'll start to feel this, these things rising up in your spirit. That's the place where you practice, right? That's where you practice that sense, that feeling. And then you'll start to notice when you are with people and there's a need, and you're feeling like, I wish I could help this person. I wish I had something to say. Just say to the Lord, Lord, do you have a word for this person? Do you have a word? And then start to notice your thoughts as you have the conversation you will feel the Holy Spirit brooding on a thought. It'll, he will rise up in you. And that thought will start to burn in your mind. Like, if I don't say this, I might explode. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then, of course, all the things come in your head, like, oh my gosh, is that just me? Is it God? Should I say it? What if I say it and it's wrong? You know, all of that stuff. But that's okay. Like, that, is, that comes with practice. Um, and that's why I say, start doing this with your friends, where you can do it and the person is like, oh, I hate you right now, and they go out, and then you're friends again later. Like, you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, do it in a safe place, right? Don't do it with, like, your boss or something like that. <laughs> um, and... and you know, the scripture tells us practice, practice the spiritual gifts. God is so good, he, he helps us to walk and then start to run and then start to like, sprint. And so, um, I think just the main, the main way that you know, this is a word I can give. Is it loving and kind and affirming? If it's those three things, what harm is there in saying it? God really won't mind if he didn't put that thought there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so you can practice your confidence in, by doing that, by starting to speak out the thoughts that you get, that you feel, maybe this is the Lord. Say it out loud. You'll, you'll see. You'll see if it's from the Lord. You'll see it in their eyes. I wanted to end with a scripture, which is probably the one that you expected. <laughs> it's 1 Corinthians 14. And I think it just sums up what I've been saying. And um, I think that it's a really great scripture to go back to when you are trying to um, practice this gift and really see like, Lord, how, do you, how does this work out in everyday life? So it says, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. And eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Why prophecy? Because it's the it's 
the first door that opens to God bringing life into a person. And I have seen this over and over again. The other gifts, uh, miracles, healing, words of knowledge, these are gifts that are signposts. The Lord is here, he's, he's alive, he knows you. These are signposts for people. But the prophetic word is something we are all called to use where we see the Holy Spirit working and God's calling us, step in. This is where I want you to step in. We are all called to have this gift. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. Every one of you can prophesy, and every one of you can bring the destiny and the design of God to life in someone as you speak those over them. So let's pray together. God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is brooding over our world and bringing your life to the brokenness that we see. That you are calling to life the new heaven and the new earth that you have planned for us. Thank you, Lord, that we get to play a part in that. Father, we want to see the kingdom of heaven, which is your love, breaking into every place that we know, whether it's the small places, just in our small circle of life, whether it's our work or school, our relationships. We also want to see it break into the big things, Lord. Into politics and famine and war. All these things are so heavy for us, Lord. And we thank you that just as when the earth was dark, covered in darkness in the beginning. You spoke and you said, let there be light. Again, you are doing that through us. Let there be light. So we pray, Lord, tonight um, answer the call of our hearts, the cry of our hearts. Fill us more with your Holy Spirit. Lord, give us just that those um, small uh, 
those small steps of confidence we can take to practice and grow in this gift. Give us opportunities, Lord. And I pray just for little nudgings as we're going about our lives. I pray, Lord, you will say, hey, I have a word. <laughs> Lord, help us in our weakness where you are strong to step out and speak those words of life. In Jesus' name, amen.